Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again Come on over Come on over Good evening everyone, it is 11pm straight up And Pure Gold is live on the air for this Wednesday night, March 28th, 2018 Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is JB, and across the way is my co-host, DG. Sir, how are you? I'm doing fabulous, sir. Ready to get another episode of PG Underway. No technical difficulties tonight. Your mic sounds perfect. (laughs) Well, it's about time. It only took me, what, a year and a half to finally get a microphone that actually works. Amazingly enough, over a five below out in Georgia, Good stuff out there. Shout out to my people over in Kennesaw. But folks, as always, if you'd like to be a part of the show, check out our website, puregoldpg.com. And of course, it's down because the bills have not been paid. But make sure you check out our old episodes. You can go to blogtalkradio.com. You can put in puregoldpg and you'll see it all there. And of course, the website will be up eventually. But folks, uh, let's get this show underway. JB? Yes, sir. Let's get right into it, sir. It's time once again, once again, for the first time, I would say, we're going to go right into the first main topic, which we will be calling from now on the primary game plan. And, sir, what is tonight's primary game plan? Well, sir, uh, I'm as uh, confused as the audience out there, so why don't you tell us what it is? I mean, you are the host, after all. I mean, I'm just the guy over in the corner making all the money. That's true. Uh, well, tonight's primary game plan, I mean, let's face it, we're on the road to WrestleMania. We're only a couple of days away from WrestleMania. What, about eight days away? No, a little bit more, a little over eight days away uh, from WrestleMania. And you would think that we want to talk about WrestleMania in general, but there was a big storyline that broke just last week. That was the return of the one, the only, Mr. Yes himself, not the Yet Movement, but the Yes Movement, Daniel Bryan has been cleared to wrestle, and he will be wrestling at WrestleMania. So, I, sir, I know we want to talk about WrestleMania in general, but the bigger story is Daniel Bryan has returned to the wrestling ring. Well, definitely. Um, I agree with that. I mean, at the end of the day, that is the biggest story in wrestling. Even a week later, we were supposed to do a show last week. We had talked about it, you know, being that was such a big event, but I was like, why don't we just let this play out a week, see what happens, um, you know, kind of see where the WWE is headed and see if there's any sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Any sort of actual direction and any sort of clarity on that. I mean, it, what I find odd, and you know, we can kind of get this in a minute, is the fact that it seems like the tag team match is still on, which is their plan that I had been hearing about for a while before anybody knew that Daniel Bryan was coming back. And, and here, here's my take on that. Obviously, it's a great thing that Daniel comes back. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he can stay injury-free. You know, good for him for chasing his dreams, quote-unquote. He's a tremendous talent. He's incredibly over with the crowd. You talk about uh, baby face. You want to talk about, you know, somebody who just moves the meter, moves the needle, sells merch. I mean, he's got it all. You know, I'm definitely a, a fan of his, and, you know, I hope he does well and he continues to do well. But obviously this is something that they had planned for a while. This whole story with Shane and, and him and the feud and then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, that had kind of been going on for a while. And it seemed like there was going to be some sort of surrogate for Daniel Bryan. Now, with him seeing the doctors and the specialists, this has probably been planned for a while. But Daniel gets approved. He gets passed. They say, hey, you look, you know, we're clearing you to wrestle. Great thing. So now it looks like we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. But fast forward, Shane McMahon was hurt. Um, apparently he has the diverticulitis and, you know, whatever else is going on. He got sick on vacation, which apparently is real. But if that's the case, then how is it possible, sir? How is it possible that he is still wrestling, allegedly, at WrestleMania if he has that? It makes no sense to me. We had talked about in private that they were going to replace him with maybe a Johnny Gargano, maybe a Chris Jericho, but, you know, because there's history there for Jericho and, of course, Gargano being fired from NXT, being Johnny Wrestling, being a Daniel Bryan type of guy, um, 
I mean, maybe I went a little bit too overboard with all the details, sir, but uh, but give me your take on that if you could. Well, it's like you said, we gave it an extra week to see how it would all play out, and last night Daniel Bryan on live TV on SmackDown basically said that Shane will be still ready to go, which I found interesting because um, after reading a report or two, I thought that Shane was definitely going to be out, and that's why um, off right. the air in our production meeting I was saying, like, who should replace Shane McMahon because um, at this point, Chris Jericho, to me, made the most sense because of his uh, past with uh, Kevin Owens and the whole listing back on Raw. So the fact that Shane McMahon is still a potential makes me wonder, like, is this whole thing about him being hurt or sick uh, that serious? I'm not sure. He was in the hospital, I mean, that's for sure. But now that the fact that he still be, might be able to wrestle and the fact that Dan Bryan didn't, like, write him out of the storyline last night makes me really uh, scratch my head because I really thought he'd be out and I thought that we'd be scrambling, or they'd be scrambling at least, for somebody to replace him. And it looks like Shane will be wrestling at this point. Right, which to me, again, it makes no sense, but I guess we'll kind of have to see where that goes. Um, But obviously the big story, like we said, is the fact that Daniel Bryan is back. And being that he's back, sir, last week I was telling you off the air that I was a little bit concerned with the way that they kind of played it out because – you know, he comes back, the crowd goes nuts, and then he gets attacked by Kevin Owens, attacked by Sammy Zayn, Zayn, brutalized, and he gets, you know, this guy's coming off of two years of not wrestling and concussions galore, and then they're powerbombing him on the ring apron. Is that wise? I mean, to me, that just makes no sense. It's reckless on the WWE's part, and it's, it was downright stupid to, to book something like that. And, of course, it made even less sense to me the fact that nobody came out to save him, considering he's coming off injury. How is it possible that not a single wrestler even came out of the the backstage? Yeah, I mean, when you try to put logic to wrestling, especially WWE, you you just can't do it because think about like what you just said. Those two guys are supposedly the most hated guys on the roster because they get to be in the main event all the time. So why didn't anybody come out and help Daniel Bryan? I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Francesca. but, yeah, it didn't make sense for nobody to come out and help Daniel Bryan at that point. And, yeah, he did take a brutal beating. I thought Shane's beating was a little worse. Exactly, Jericho. Um, you know, um, Shane took a pretty bad beating the week before, and then this uh, right, last but week. Again, was, yeah. and not to cut you off, but we talked about this off the air. Shane has been an active, you know, wrestling for a while now. Daniel Bryan is coming off of concussions and possibly his career being over. Makes no sense to do that to him, sir, whatsoever. You want to kick him? You want to slam him once or twice, but but power bombing him on the ring apron—that just to me was beyond reckless and just foolish <laughs> on everyone's part. If you, yeah, if you want to talk about makes no sense, I mean, let's take it one step back and look at the fact that Dan O'Brien fired them for what they did to to Shane McMahon, and now last night, basically, there's a stipulation all of a sudden um, where it's going to be Shane and Daniel Bryan versus uh, Sammy and Kevin Owens. And if Kevin Owens and Sammy win at WrestleMania, they're reinstated. So the, what was the, the point of firing them in the first place? That, that stipulation should have just been the stipulation in the first place, and they should have been technically not fired until WrestleMania and see what happens. Right. Well, what I'm thinking is probably going to happen is that with the superstar shakeup on the horizon, they're probably both going to end up on Raw, so maybe this is a way to get rid of them. I don't see in any way, shape, or form how it's how it's going to be possible. And, of course, it's WWE, so all things are possible. How you can have Daniel Bryan lose his first match back, sir? There's no way. Yeah, I mean, we can look at the whole card in general. And, again, uh, stuff that we talk about off the air because we have more time off there than on there. But when you look at the card, I mean, you, you just can't pick every baby face to win every match. I mean, there's a lot of No, matches. of course. But in this case, yeah. you're telling me Daniel Bryan hasn't wrestled in two years. He's going to come back, <laughs> and he's going to lose his first match, and he's going to lose it at WrestleMania? Are you kidding me? But the funny thing is that you justify every match that way. I mean, Shame on you! There's no way Shinsuke could lose because, uh, you know, he won the Royal Rumble. But that's not true because people that win the Royal Rumble never win title matches anymore at WrestleMania. Right. Well, okay. So you want to go there. I mean, we've been focusing on Daniel Bryan. But if you want to go there, then, yeah, Shinsuke can lose the match. I don't think he is. But if anybody can lose it, it would be him. I mean, I want to see AJ come out on top. But I just can't imagine that they're pushing Shinsuke like they are just to have him lose at WrestleMania. Yeah. Daniel Bryan comes back, and, um, you know, we we could go in many different directions. Now, we could say that 
He's back. He's going to be on the SmackDown roster. Hopefully, with the shakeup, he stays on SmackDown because I think he could be a good like center point of the show, uh, along with AJ. Uh, I know that we, we were thinking that AJ probably has nothing else left to do on SmackDown, especially if he actually defends his title at WrestleMania, and then we would move <laughs> to, to Raw. But the fact that we could have AJ against you know um, Daniel Bryan. And uh, which to me are much better matches because they both could, they're both decent on the mic as opposed to Shinsuke. I would keep well. There's no way. First of all, first of all, sir. First of all, Shinsuke was speaking English last night, so you should have been super impressed with that. And second of all, Daniel Bryan and, and uh, AJ Styles is probably not going to happen because AJ is going to move to Raw. There's no way AJ stays on SmackDown, sir. Even though he is the face that runs the place and the champ that runs the camp, there's no way that he's going to stay there, sir. Let's just say um, AJ Styles loses the match like you predict at WrestleMania. So right. I, I, in in storylines, the champion always gets a rematch. So you're telling me that they're gonna move Daniel, they're gonna move AJ Styles over to Raw without getting his his rematch at either Backlash or whatever next pay per view is. Well, in c- considering that um, the man that that pay per view is named after is coming back, I'm pretty sure they could just do Backlash at any point. But the fact of the matter is, the numbers don't lie. You can easily, and I do mean easily, have him wrestle at a pay-per-view and, you know, be taken over to Raw but still wrestle at a pay-per-view for that title. And then if he wins it, he can take the title with him to Raw. So, you know, we talked about the title switching hands. There have been times where both heavyweight titles have been on one show. Remember when Cena got drafted to SmackDown? At that point, both titles were on Raw, and then, SmackDown had no World Heavyweight Championship, and then boom, here comes the boom. They move over John Cessna, and then you have the title separated again. So that is definitely a possibility where AJ and, and Shinsuke could wrestle, and let's say AJ wins the rematch, takes the title with him to Raw, you know, and then the, the Universal title comes to SmackDown, and it becomes blue instead of red. I, I still think that Daniel Bryan is better on SmackDown. And only, oh, and I, I agree, but I'm talking to... about AJ on on Raw, yeah. and you saying that that would be a great match, except for the fact that I'm pretty sure AJ is not going to be on SmackDown. Well, again, we, we don't technically know that. The, I mean, we what we what we usually predict usually doesn't end up happening because the WWE doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, it would it, would it put would it be would it put uh, <laughs> no, I would put it, I would put it past the WWE to keep AJ on SmackDown and maybe put Shinsuke on Raw. And then it would really destroy, like, our logic. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but th- think about this. I would love that. When, when Daniel Bryan, after WrestleMania, after the, the the feud is over between, oh, hopefully the feud's over, don't you think that Daniel Bryan needs to stay on SmackDown and just feud against one of the two at least? Probably Sami Zayn at this point, I would think. Wait, who's feuding with Sami Zayn? Uh, Daniel Bryan. I can see that, but I, I mean, really... Honestly, obviously, definitely, maybe Daniel Bryan could feud with so many different people that, you know, it's kind of all dream matches. I mean, I could picture him main eventing a pay per view against Roman Reigns, beating him, of course. I could picture him main eventing against Kevin Owens. I could picture him main eventing against Sami Zayn. I could picture him main eventing against Tyler Breeze. I mean, you could have him main event against pretty much anybody, sir, because that's basically because that's basically where we're headed. I mean, this is such a big deal. That's why it sends repercussions. And it sends, uh, you know, shockwaves throughout the entire, you know, WWE because he's that big of a name and he's that popular, sir. Let me ask you this, though, about Daniel Bryan. Like, I'm a pretty skeptical guy, pretty negative guy when it comes to the wrestling world, wrestling business. All the tests Obviously. that Daniel Bryan has gone through, all the tests that Daniel Bryan has gone through for the last three years, all the tests that he's gone through and all that stuff, aren't you still skeptical that one one blow to the head will ruin his career again, and he'll be done again. I mean, doesn't that don't you feel that way about Daniel Bryan? Like he's that fragile? Well, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, Kelly actually said that when we spoke about it, you know, privately. She said that you know, is it is it smart for him to come back? Or don't you think that, you know, don't you think that there's a possibility that he can just get injured again and, and be gone for his career? So. Honestly, I think that there is a chance, and I hope this is the case. But I hope he stays he stays clean, but I you know and safe of course, and wrestles a safer style. But the odds of him being possibly you know paralyzed or hurt or whatever the case is, they're definitely up there because of the type of style that he wrestles. Yeah. So, 
as much as uh, I'm excited to see Daniel Bryan back, I mean, for the person, I, I guess, like he, he said in his promo the last two weeks, you know, don't give up on your dreams, don't give up on your dreams. But when you have a wife and now a newborn um, to take care right. of, um, I, I don't know. I, I Edge made the right decision in terms of retiring. I know his doctors told him he couldn't wrestle, and I guess the doctors that Daniel Bryan has been going to said he can wrestle. But there comes a point that you have to really – hunkered down and like you know was it so bad for him to be the gm of smackdown i guess i guess there's a point that like in your life where you say like i really want to do what i want to do and you know gm wasn't cutting it for him he needed to be in the ring and uh he never gave up on that that dream right right i mean obviously definitely maybe and you know he's back but again you just want him to be safe sir yeah so that's that's the biggest storyline coming out. I mean, what's interesting is that you have the, the GMs and the commissioners uh, in tag matches on both sides. So you have Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, hopefully Shane McMahon, right. against, <laughs> against uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And then on the flip side, on Raw, you got um, the debut of Ronda Rousey in the ring with Kurt Angle teaming up um, with each other against the Authority, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon. And I guarantee, again, you're probably going to pick – Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle to win that match because you know well, all the faces have to win. Not that all the faces have to win, but there's not a chance in the world that you're going to bring in Ronda Rousey. If there's one lock on that card, there's not a chance in the world you're going to bring in Ronda Rousey to lose at WrestleMania. There's just no way, sir. So that's the lock, and not the the Dan Bryan winning his 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 match <laughs> his return match at WrestleMania. I think it's more of a lock to have Ronda win simply because of the fact that this is her WWE debut and it's at WrestleMania and it's such a big deal and she's such a star and the fact that she was undefeated for a long while in, you know, Strike Force, UFC, MMA, and if she loses her first wrestling match, she's done. It's not like Brock Lesnar where Brock had that ridiculous loss when he came back to John Cena, even though he completely destroyed him the entire match. Typical WWE logic. But there's not a chance in the world. Bet the house, bet the farm, bet the wife and the kid. Put them on the line. Go to go to you know Vegas. Call your bookie. Bet it all. Uh, marriage, wife, kid, everything. Job on the line. Stop no smoking the weed, Captain. Quick pipe. No chance in hell that Ronda Rousey loses that match. What's interesting is like I I I guess I'm I'm wrong. I can actually admit that I'm wrong. That if this was going to be Stephanie McMahon against Ronda Rousey one on one, then yes, in her debut, Ronda Rousey has to win because it makes no sense to have Stephanie win. But then again, you know, with the the power trip that these two people have between Triple H and Stephanie, right. I mean, I, it wouldn't be put it, it wouldn't put it past anyone to see Stephanie win. But now that they're a tag match, I think you protect. Ronda Rousey by even having potentially Kurt Angle getting pinned by Triple H. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they actually lose this match. I really wouldn't. Uh, I would be shocked and stunned. What's probably going to happen because of WWE, Stephanie's going to go in there. She's going to low blow Ronda, you know, because that would make sense and roll her up yeah. for a pinfall. And the match is going to take about five seconds. It, it'll be the shortest match in WrestleMania history. Lock it up, throw away the key. That's my prediction. Ronda Rousey goes down and down hard in her first match and never recovers, and her career is over, and she'll be back losing in the UFC in no time. <laughs> um, I, what, what do you think, um, you know, with this whole shakeup, is, is Kurt Angle leaving the WWE, or is he still going to be the GM? Or no, no. He'll, he'll probably still be the – no, I, I think Kurt – although he would – he considering – the great matches and the great time that he spent on SmackDown, it would make sense to have him over there. But honestly, if Daniel Bryan's going to come back and wrestle, unless he's going to be a Kurt Angle and rarely ever wrestle, which I can't imagine that's what Daniel wants. Honestly, let's be real. He needs to work a part-time schedule. He cannot be wrestling every night. It's just not smart. Knowing him, he's probably going to wrestle house shows, wrestle independence. He's going to wrestle IWF. I mean, he's going to wrestle pretty much anywhere and anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. But to be smart and to protect him, you should only have Daniel Bryan wrestle at pay-per-views, and that's it. Honestly, that's it. Have him wrestle, you know, 12 times a year, whatever the case is, and that's fine. But is he going to continue wrestling, be a full-time wrestler, and also the SmackDown GM? That's kind of hard. At least with the angle, he rarely ever wrestles. Yeah. 
I, I don't think after WrestleMania, I don't think Daniel Bryan is going to be the GM of SmackDown anymore. Um, I wouldn't be surprised so, if either Sh- Shane runs the show or, or somebody else gets appointed. Like well, you Hulk could draft Kurt to SmackDown. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's the rumor. Listen, there's a better chance of Hulk Hogan coming back and winning the title against Brock Lesnar one-on-one than there is a chance in hell that Ronda Rousey loses her WWE debut. Lock it up. Throw away the key. Yeah, it's probably safe that we make. It's pretty pretty much safe that we make our predictions tonight because um, I'm not sure if we're gonna have our show uh, next week on on April second at this point. But if we if we don't, it's good that we're making some predictions here. So just well, let it be April known 2nd that April uh, second is a Monday, pick... so I doubt we never do Monday shows. So I doubt we're gonna uh, do a Monday show for no reason. Oh, you fool! April no, 3rd. we could still do a uh, show. I mean, there's a chance we we could still do a show because that'll be our April show because we're doing we're averaging one a month. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But let we've me been know pretty that, consistent uh, for like the past six months. It's been it's been uh, or four months or five months. We've done at least one show a month. Yeah, it's pretty sad that when I look at the title of today's show, it says two hundred nine. Where I think about the show is like uh, what almost uh, seven or eight years old. Uh, the, we should be on like, like ten years old. Yeah, we should be on two thousand and nine, not two hundred nine. No, we should, but you know, you, you just you just start flaking. So what can we do? What can you do? Just let it be known, though, that you picked Ronda Rousey and uh, Kurt Angle, and I picked uh, the authority uh, on this match. So, um, you know, why don't we just go down the WrestleMania? Yeah, just like uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon will beat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, you can't. You're just going to pick all the heels. Just to be a heel, you're going to pick every heel to win, and that's not realistic either. No, I'm, I'm picking Shinsuke to lose the title match, and I think Shinsuke is the face more than uh, AJ is at this point. Oh, come on. How is how is he more the face than AJ? Because I, I think Shinsuke is more over for some reason because of that stupid entrance music. No. There isn't a chance in hell that, yeah, the entrance music is great. You can't tell. AJ Styles is the most over popular face and the best wrestler in the world today, as Chris Jericho used to say. There's no way, right. sir. No way. All right, we'll see. So we've talked about those two mixed, uh, those two tag matches at WrestleMania. Why don't we talk about before we go into the world title matches? Well, we already did actually. You picked uh, Shinsuke and I picked AJ. Let that be known too. Uh, why don't we talk about the match that hasn't really officially happened yet? Because um, you you shared an article yesterday about the potential of not introducing John Cena's opponent until WrestleMania. I love the idea now that I think about it more and more. The fact that John Cena goes to WrestleMania and um, goes in as a fan and spends time with the crowd, and as he's doing that throughout the night, you know, maybe the match before the main event or two matches before the main event, then John Cena cuts uh, one last heel promo, and then we, we hear Undertaker, even though we don't want Undertaker back, obviously definitely maybe, but he's coming back. So the fact that they haven't introduced him yet, it would be cool not to introduce him until the night of WrestleMania. What do you think? I think it would be cool. I mean, you and I might be two of the only people in the world who, who never want to see the Undertaker wrestle again. And But the truth of the matter is, I've wanted Taker to, I want to take her to retire five, ten years ago. He's washed up. He's done. He's hurt. And look, again, I'm not a fan of his. I never have been. But you can't take away the great career that he had. But what's become now of this once a year only at WrestleMania thing, to me is a joke, and he's so beaten down. His match against Roman Reigns last year was terrible, and his match against Brock a couple of years ago, when he four years ago, whenever it was, when he broke the streak, wasn't that great. I mean, he's been he's been deteriorating for a while, and I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, this whole storyline with Cena and Taker, really just Cena by himself makes absolutely no sense. So John Cena tries to, you know, use his free agent status to get on, you know, to get a Raw the title match. Gets there, doesn't win. He gets in the elimination team match for SmackDown, doesn't win. He basically uses his whole flip-flop, well, I can be on any show that I want because I need my WrestleMania match, I need my WrestleMania match. And then he's just calling out Undertaker for not wanting to face him and being a coward. I mean, honestly, Cena's being the heel in this feud, but what kind of strategy is that? What kind of story are they telling where John Cena is basically trying to bully The Undertaker and shame him into being his opponent at WrestleMania when, to, first of all, Taker doesn't owe him anything? And second of all, what, again, what the hell kind of strategy is that? Oh, I have a great idea to have a feud between The Undertaker and John Cena. 
Number one, the taker won't ever show up, and Cena will carry the entire feud by himself. And two, we're going to make Cena come across like a whiny crybaby who just has to have a match with the Undertaker and is pushing all his buttons. I don't know about you, but to me, this is literally the worst possible way that they could have done this match, and it, the booking of it makes no sense. Yeah, you're right. John Cena, I mean, Undertaker should have actually costed uh, John Cena one of those opportunities that um, he lost, you know, either at the Elimination Chamber or at the Royal Rumble. You know, you should have had the lights go up probably at the Royal Rumble and have um, Undertaker eliminate John Cena and start the feud like there, as opposed to having John Cena carry the whole feud. Because at this point, how does Undertaker not win the match, especially if 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 John Cena has been calling out this whole time? I don't see how you call out somebody the whole time and then all of a sudden you actually win the match. That's that doesn't really happen. Well, you're going to talk about logic. I'm going to book. I'm going to book the opposite. Cena's going to win. So I don't think oh, there's wow. any doubt about that. Lock it up. Taker's going to go out, uh, you know, three out of, you know, he's going to have three straight losses at WrestleMania. Well, not three straight losses, but it'll be three losses. Now, I actually think you're right. I actually think somehow Taker's going to go up there with one leg and he's going to beat uh, Cena because he's probably going to go out on a high note. But to me, the, all the stories I hear, all the rumors are people saying that he's going to come back as the the American bad, you know what, version of The Undertaker because the other version of The Undertaker is quote-unquote retired. Well, considering Kid Rock is getting nominated this year, that would make sense if you had Kid Rock do a live show because he will be at WrestleMania, a live uh, version of, you know, the the ABA song, as it were, American Bad Beep. Uh, And that would make sense. But A, I've never liked that version of The Undertaker. I don't know why anybody would. It's just weird, biker Undertaker. But if that's what they're going to do – to me, that's that's lame. But again, that's me. That's my opinion. I just don't see this match being necessary. I would have loved this match five years ago, but at this point, I couldn't possibly care less about this match. I agree with you, and I would and love honestly, to. Honestly, it makes no it, sense. Yeah, I would love to have anyone call the show, if anyone is listening, <laughs> to call the show and explain to me why. Because I think you're right. We're in the minority where we think the Undertaker is washed up, done, and has uh, has been. And should never come back again. Like, why? Why are people so um, enamored by the fact that Undertaker comes once a year to wrestle? Like, how does that even make any sense? Um, he's old. He's washed up. We saw that uh, point in case with him against Roman Reigns and him against Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he, he's, he's he looked. Stuck. He looked terrible against Roman. He looked absolutely terrible against Roman. He did. He was winded after five minutes after the match. I think, or five or ten minutes, he was winded, and that was it. Uh, yeah, but again, people have this thing where they are in love with The Undertaker and they think Taker can do no wrong, and I, I just don't get it. And at this point, I don't get the appeal of him coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why? He lo- he lost last year, so now he's going to fight again. He's going to come back again to wrestle somebody that he doesn't need to wrestle. To me, it just makes no sense. And again, the buildup for this feud, it's just it's stupid. You know, you can have a guy carry a feud, a feud one-sided. When The Rock was there, he'd come out once in a while, and CM Punk would carry the feud, or whoever it is carry the feud, like Roman Reigns has carried the feud against Brock Lesnar. But to me, when Taker's not showing up at all, when he's not doing, <laughs> when he's not doing anything, when he's not even there at any point, how is this a feud? How is this not just John Cena being petty? <laughs> And insulting, you know, an all-time legend just because he's being a baby and wants a WrestleMania match. I mean, I would love the booking, like like I had told you what I read, of him just going to the, basically being the host of WrestleMania where you have Cena up there all night, and then all of a sudden you hear the, the gong, and then the Undertaker comes up. But instead of him being in a match, he's actually in a casket because he's he's dead, and they just wheel him out, and then take his career is over, and that's it. You never see him again. That's how I would book WrestleMania. That would be the main event at WrestleMania. The Undertaker's corpse against John Cena. <laughs> the, the real problem, obviously, definitely, maybe, is that this match is about five years too late, where these guys could at wrestle. At least five, maybe more. Maybe more at this point. So they, they thought that, yeah, let's have this match now because John Cena has no role in the current WWE status. So uh, him against the no. corpse. Let's have this match now because uh, Taker can still walk, so let's make sure we, <laughs> we do that before he's completely crippled. Exactly. And so, not only that, but here's the other thing, is that people talk about Cena needing a better opponent to carry him to a match, right? Yeah. 
how in the world is he going to carry Undertaker to a good match? Exactly. You're right. So, basically, there's one more Raw next week on April 2nd. There's one more Raw before WrestleMania. So, if Undertaker doesn't show up then, which would be cool if he didn't, but if he does, oh, well, um, then you have your match at WrestleMania, John Cena versus Undertaker. And hopefully that's like the second or third match of the card because nobody wants to watch two has-beens. Well, at least one of them is... Is, is practically on social security uh, wrestle each other because, like you said, <laughs> the match is about five to ten re- years too late. You realize that we could do a whole show on this one match and, and how bad of an idea it is. We can do an hour straight of nothing but John Cena and The Undertaker and just the, the terribleness of this whole feud. I'm telling you, I would have looked forward to this five years ago because there could have been a possibility of Cena ending the streak. And as much as I hate Cena, I would have loved it if he had been the one to end the streak. And at this point, it's just bad news. Just bad news. And the, the card is so stacked, and there's so many matches. Can you imagine if this somehow ends up on the pre-show? Yeah. Cena <laughs> gets Undertaker at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> because Taker has to, after the match, be airlifted out to make sure his doctor's still there <laughs> before he closes on Sunday night. <laughs> You're going to have seen a taker in a five-minute squash fast where a taker does like three moves and then runs it over with his bike. <laughs> and he finally wins, and that taker never see him again. And somehow it's like four in the afternoon. There's like 100 people in the stadium, and that's it. There, there's his farewell match. That would be amazing. Or you could, or you could have it as the first match somehow without introducing Undertaker next week to accept the challenge. Like we were saying, you could actually have John Cena open the WrestleMania as the quote-unquote host and have him sit in his seat with the fans with the popcorn and as he's settling in, the, the music hits, and all of a sudden, you know, keep rolling, rolling, rolling uh, down no, the no, grave. No, uh, no. You know, well, first of all, that's not the right song. It was it was the American Badass song, and I don't, I mean, that's a different song. Um, Listen, what they need to do, sir What they need to do Is they need to have Cena Throughout the entire night Because WrestleMania is like 10 hours long You just show Cena all day You show him waking up in the morning You show him at the the arena Just greeting fans You show him, you know he, He goes into a bathroom stall comes out, you know, 10 minutes later. They go to a match, they come back, Cena's just getting out, doesn't wash his hands because he seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't wash his hands. Then you see Cena 20 minutes later, you know, in between another match, getting a hot dog at the contestant stand. You just show Cena doing all these things all night long, and then eventually eventually you see him like 10.30. He's getting in his limo to leave for the night. There's no sign of the Undertaker. He never shows up. And then all of a sudden... (laughs) All of a sudden, they cut to the front, and Taker's driving the limo. <laughs> Where to see us? You see him. <laughs> you see Taker driving the damn limo off a cliff, and you never see him again. <laughs> and you see Taker go, rest, right off the cliff. Or the limo blows up, and that's it. Just like uh, when they killed off Vince, it'll be the same exact footage. And you should see him getting in the car, and then boom. I, I think it would be that better if Undertaker. Be greatest, I think it would be, be better if Undertaker of all time. I think if Undertaker looked back and said, Cena, we're going to hell. And all of a sudden he drove off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden he drives right into a wall. And then 20 minutes later, you come back after the, the main event. Roman Reigns wins his 18th title. Then you have them just being dragged out. There's <laughs> the Undertaker being dragged out of the limo, covered in blood, because something went horribly wrong. <laughs> oh, oh baby. Let's get off this match, and let's get right to the part where you just mentioned, because, you know, we need to get to the second half after a break. But let's get to the other match that, to me, I don't know, you know, you have Brock Lesnar against, Roman Reigns, the match that uh, you know that Vince McMahon has wanted to see for the last what two or three years, one on one. The thing that doesn't make sense to me is that you know, like, well, I guess it makes total sense is the fact that Brock is getting the upper hand on Roman every single time now, and he's just beating the top alt every single week now, 
And I guess it only makes sense that Roman wins the match at WrestleMania, but does it really make sense that he wins the match at WrestleMania? Well, you're gonna tell me, you're gonna tell me that you're somehow gonna book Brock Lesnar to win this match because I would love to see that. No, I know you can't. But why? Why is like why is Roman going in as like this ultimate underdog when we know that he's really like <laughs> Vince's boy at this point? <laughs> No, according to him, Brock is Vince's boy, which that whole feud to me is a mess. It's been nice to see Brock brutalize him the past couple of weeks. First of all, it's nice to see Brock actually show up. And second of all, the fact that he destroyed Reigns is amazing. But the problem becomes in that whole feud, Roman is not a sympathetic babyface. The crowd, a good portion of the crowd still hates his guts. So this whole, like, trying to get him over because Brock is destroying him, to me, it's just a way to get the fans to cheer Brock Lesnar. So it's completely 100% backfiring. And to me, it makes no sense. And, you know, they're making it seem like Roman's this weak guy going up against the Beast when clearly, again, he is Vince's boy, and there's no reason at all that they should be going this route. It's like they're trying to recreate... Uh, Stone Cold and Vince or you know, like he's Stone Cold. It just doesn't work. Reigns to me should go heel. You know, I mean, that, that's my, that's pretty much, even in real life, that is my go-to answer for everything. Oh, you don't like your job? Go heel. Uh, your marriage is going, he's on the rocks? Go heel. Oh, your kids are acting up? Go heel. But I think that that's the way they should have gone. And this booking, trying to make... You know, Roman, the sympathetic babyface, to me, just, it makes no sense. I mean, it does not make an iota of sense. It really doesn't. And, you know, you're going to have Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar. This is, to me, is the most anticlimactic match on the card because you know what's going to happen. I think, you know, you pick your lock for the match, the lock for the night. I think this is your lock of the night in terms of matches. I think that... There's no chance in hell that Brock Lesnar is going to win that match at WrestleMania. And the worst thing about this is that this match has been predestined since last year. So basically, it, it literally, with beyond the shadow of a doubt, I think the only match that could possibly be more anticlimactic in history would be um, WrestleMania 29. The Rock against John Cena because the night after WrestleMania, no, the night after WrestleMania 27, The Rock challenges into a match at WrestleMania 28, and then at WrestleMania 28, once in a lifetime, The Rock wins, and then it makes it twice in a lifetime, so they wrestle yep. again because of course you you have to trade wins. So that whole series was anticlimactic, but this this is just bad because I mean at least The Rock is you know people love The Rock. Nobody loves Roman Reigns. Well, I mean, some people, I guess, love Roman Reigns. But your general fan doesn't, quote-unquote, love Roman Reigns like that. He's not, he doesn't have that kind of personality. So at the end of the day, you're having a guy that a lot of people hate against another guy that, you know, is never there. And a lot of the fans, and they don't respect or whatever the case is. So to me, this, this booking makes no sense. And it's definitely anticlimactic. At the very least, it's, it's as anticlimactic as the Rock and Cena for the first time, you know, out of two times. Yeah. It'd be interesting if The Undertaker, is, is, you know, does come down as a corpse, like you said, and then all of a sudden you think it's, uh, if you, if you think it's The Undertaker inside the, the casket, and then out pops up The Rock, and they, they sell their feud, and then, you know, because, you know, it's 1-1, one, one, it's going to be Rock against Cena. <laughs> That'd be better. It'd be better if they bring back, no, it'd be even better if they bring back the exhumed corpse of Paul Bearer and he's the one that actually, uh, you know, comes out instead of uh, instead of the Undertaker, and it's, instead of the American, you know, the ABA Undertaker, they have a uh, mean Mark Callis come back from WCW. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, instead of Taker, Michelle McCool comes out and she wrestles against oh, John Cena. <laughs> she wrestles against Nikki Bella because uh, Taker couldn't make it. Oh, could you imagine that? How much oh, would fans go over that? The wives of the of these superstars wrestling each other, that'd be amazing. Horrible. There's so many other matches to get to, so let's just really fast. Uh, there's a triple threat for the IC title with the Miz, Seth Rollins, and uh, Finn Balor. I know you're picking, I think Finn Balor, but I, I'm going to pick the Miz and retain the title because again, some heels have to win. I think he actually retains I'm gonna the pick, title. I'm going to pick Bo Dallas to win that match. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, you know, then you have another. No, now it's not a triple threat anymore. It's a fatal four-way between for the U.S. title. You got Rusev, Wait, it, Bobby Roode. How is it a fatal four-way? Did I, I miss think, something um, last night? They made it. They added Rusev. Yeah, because Rusev pinned uh, Randy Orton, so he went to, to Daniel Bryan and asked for a fatal four-way, and he got it. So it's going to be Rusev, Bobby Roode, Randy Orton, and Jinder Mahal. So I think Bobby well, Roode uh, definitely takes that title. At least he's he, Rusev has something to do. And, see, this is one of the many problems I have with WWE, but Rusev has gotten himself over organically with the whole Rusev Day thing, and yet he still comes out with that stupid music of his, with that heel music, trying to be a quote-unquote heel, but the fans don't want that. They want handsome Rusev. They want Rusev Day. They love Rusev Day. Aiden English is actually doing something with his life. To me, he's bad booking by the WWE. And as much as I love Rude, I'm not going to pick Rude to win this match because, A, you can't have the heels uh, lose every match. I'm thinking either Orton. I think Orton's going to be one and done. He won the title, you know, of course, because he deserved it. And he's the greatest wrestler of all time. So he had to have the U.S. title to add to his, you know, grand slam list of like 97 different belts. He's won in the WWE. You want to talk about the most overrated wrestler of all time? You want to talk about the biggest slop fest ever? Randy Orton would have to take the cake on that. And the fact that he's like a 15-time champion is an absolute joke to me. But anyway, I'm th- I'm going to pick anyone but Orton to win this match. I mean, probably you have Jinder winning or or Rude, I guess. I mean, I don't, see, I don't even know. Their match could go anywhere. I just don't see Orton retaining. So I will pick I'll pick anybody other than I'll just say uh, Jinder is going to win the match because you got to have a heel win something. Okay, and then in a match that makes total no sense for the Raw Tag Team titles, you have The Bar, Cesaro, and Sheamus against Braun Strowman and a mystery opponent. And I don't think it's going to be Elias, believe it or not. I'm going to go on a limb here and say it's going well, to be Big Show. Elias that be his, no? It's going to be, no, it's going to be The Big Show as his mystery uh, partner. Well, I guess I could see that because A, they cheated in the past, and B, Big Show has pretty much lost every single one of his WrestleMania matches except for one, I think. I think he's like one, one for nine at WrestleMania. So, I guess you have him win. To me, it makes Cesaro and Sheamus look bad. Because these guys are both powerhouses. And they should at least go semi-toe-to-toe with Braun Strowman. Um, total side note, how stupid is it now that the WWE is putting like, letters on the screen? It's like, oh, oh, wrestling's not for kids. And then you see, you know, get these hands in red popping up on your screen like it's a... Uh, you know, like your kids are playing on their uh, their Kindle Fire or something. I mean, absolutely yeah. just ridiculous. But um, I guess I could see that. I guess yeah, the last thing he's got up here somehow. But, I mean, yeah. if you want Big Show to be his partner, that's fine. I just don't see any way Braun doesn't win. But you can't have Braun win the tag team title by himself. You just cannot. No, you can't. You're right. And that's why I think that the Big Show and Braun actually win the tag team titles and then they just drop it the next night and say, um, because I think Big Show is retiring. I think that they win the tag team titles and the tag team titles get vacated because Braun doesn't need those titles uh, by himself. He, he he gets those titles vacated and then they have a tournament to determine the new Raw tag team champion. That's how I see it going down. Which ends up being Cesaro uh, and Sheamus again. Yeah. So that, that's WrestleMania, the card itself. Um, we pretty much covered every match. Wait, we about skipped the all the women's matches, haven't we? Yeah, but, you know, being the um, the bastard that I am, I, do you really care about those matches? <laughs> well, let's talk about this for a second. You know, obviously between the two of us, we have nine daughters. Um, we're incapable of, you know, siring a male heir to the throne, to the JB throne and the DG throne. But I digress. So... I'm watching this feud with Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, and to me, this is everything that's wrong with wrestling. Well, there's so many things that are wrong with wrestling, but this is a perfect microcosm of what's wrong with wrestling in the WWE in particular. They talk about anti-bullying. They do this whole spiel, this whole sloppy jalopy about anti-bullying, and what's this entire feud based on? Bullying. Someone who's quote-unquote popular feuding and insulting somebody who's extremely heavy, extremely overweight, does not look like a supermodel or anything. Interestingly enough, there was one point where Nia did look like it, like that, but she gained, I don't know how many, you know, pounds, 150, I mean, just, just an enormous amount of weight. And my point is, anti-bullying, be a star, all this stuff, but this whole feud is based on bullying. This whole feud is childish. This whole feud is based on them making fun of the fact that she's overweight and she's a loser or whatever the case is. 
how, how is it that the WWE gets away with this stuff? How is it that this kind of stuff is okay? I don't want my girls watching that. I knew where the feud was going, so they were watching it with me the other day, and I changed the channel because I don't want them to see that and think it's okay to bully. Explain that to me, sir. How is the WWE gets away with this garbage and, and the entire premise of the show is based on bullying and insulting each other and everything else, but yeah, hey, be a star, kids, and don't bully. The only way they get away with it is the fact that the bully gets beaten at WrestleMania, and that's why I'm picking Nia Jax to win the title. Wait, say that again? You're picking Nia Jax to win the title because of the bullying? Because I think that, you know, you're going to have the bully be beaten by the person bully that's being picked on, so... Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick um I'm gonna pick a heel here also. I'm gonna pick Alexa to somehow, you know, win this match with the help of Minky James or whoever else because heels can't lose every match. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and then you have what, Charlotte Flair against Asuka and I'm sure you're picking Asuka to win that match because again you have to have every face win at WrestleMania. Well, who's ready for Asuka? Apparently nobody in I mean, her her, un, her undefeated streak is not going to come to an end. So, unfortunately, she is, you know, when I hate the undefeated streak, I hate Asuka's whole thing, but she's going to win. So, it is what it is. And, plus, you got to have Charlotte Flair lose the title because she needs to become a 17-time champion, unlike her dad. Charlotte needs to lose the title and then end up back on Raw, I feel, at this point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like um, – Becky Lynch has been on SmackDown since they split. She was the first yep. SmackDown Women's Champion. I think her and Charlotte need to go back to Raw, and then you move Bailey and Sasha over to SmackDown. I like that. I like it a lot. So that's that's it for wrestling because you know we've <laughs> the first forty-seven minutes of the show has been uh, <laughs> wrestling. So let's take well, a quick break. To take a break at some point. I mean, wasn't this supposed <laughs> to be a real show? I mean, you really you you, you really let this show go off the rails. Yeah, just stop washing dishes for two seconds. Let's take a break, play some clips. When we come back, <laughs> we'll come back with the second half, and we'll talk about our second topic. Wait, there's more to this show? I thought this was it. I thought we were done. Mark Sanchez needs somebody to throw to <laughs> I have no idea what just happened because that's not the clip that's supposed to play. <laughs> what the heck are you doing then? I'm Kristen Ledlow, Southeast Field reporter for Fox Sports Next, and you are listening to... To what? You are listening to Pure Gold Radio. I am actress Laura Jean Salerno, and they are David and Joe, and they... Hey, this is Lisa Marie oh. Latino of Longshot Productions, and you are listening to Pure Gold. <laughs> What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Right, if I was the commissioner... I'd be out there on Monday. Hit me out. Gone. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham. Check out Pure Gold Radio for a fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, baby. Go to hell. All right, welcome to the second half, <laughs> or the second topic at this point. Sir, guess what tomorrow is? <laughs> um, Kwanzaa? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Holy Thursday. So uh, wishing what, you what a happy hit Passover. Huh? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even sure what that means. Passover? Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Hey, uh, everyone, this, this is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011, <laughs> and Pure Gold is the best show on... Yes, it is. Shut up! Shut up! (laughs) Anyway, so. (laughs) Have a happy Passover. (laughs) Eat some crickets and cow, and uh, (laughs) happy Easter to you. No, really, tomorrow is not only Holy Thursday, but it's. Not on a Friday, if you think about it. How does that even make sense? That he what? 
Yeah, I mean, Who, you got to look Wikipedia? it up. You got to read this stuff. Yeah, Wikipedia is mentioning that he may have died on a Wednesday, not on a Friday. Yeah, but how? Explain that to me. How how does it even make sense that he died on a Wednesday? Because some of the stuff in the Bible says that Jesus uh, laid to rest three full days and three full nights, so it's impossible for him to have died on Friday and three full days and three full nights be Sunday, and he resurrected on Sunday. Well, listen, all I know is it's just three days, and it's clearly listed as per, you know, scholars, it's either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday makes the most sense because Sunday is the first day of the week. Jesus is a Jew. He would have observed the Sabbath. He would have rested on the Sabbath, quote-unquote, and then he would have resurrected on the first day, new beginning, new covenant, all that stuff. So him resurrecting on a, on a Friday makes no sense. I get the, the confusion over the whole three days thing, but there's no way that he resurrected on a Friday. The fact that we're talking about Easter and Jesus instead of the, the, what I really want to talk about to end the show is crazy. Do you know what tomorrow is? It was my question in the first place. Tomorrow is Thursday, the 29th of March. And unfortunately, fortunately, it's also known as the first day of the baseball season for the New York Metropolitans. Wait, baseball starts tomorrow? Oh, dear God. Where have I been? All right, folks. Oh, jeez. Have a happy Easter. Have a good night. Uh, yes, Quanza. the Mets. <laughs> the Mets opening day is tomorrow at City Field. Yes. <laughs> Wait, who are they playing? Wait, the Mets are playing. Are you sure? Who are they the playing? The St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. That's terrible. <laughs> the fact that you I don't know, know this worse. is terrible. That, yeah, I was going to say the, the fact that it's a sports show. I have no clue that the only team that I actually follow. <laughs> There's only one thing that can follow bad. that, Dave. There's only one thing. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights Jared Foster, the man of a... <laughs> Go to hell, Bright Lights. Oh, so anyway. terrible. All right, so the, the Mets are playing tomorrow. Awesome. Now, the let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. How excited are you about this year? Because every year it seems like it's all about fool's gold. I know you like the Jay Bruce signing. Um, I don't know what else you like about the Mets, to be honest with you. Matt Harvey's back for one last year. Uh, if he has a great year, he's gone. If he has a bad year, he's gone. So well, tell me what you think about this team in general, since you don't know that tomorrow's opening day. <laughs> well, that's how excited I am about the Mets, first of all, the fact that I didn't know it was opening day tomorrow. Honestly, I just haven't been paying attention. I know, I, I've seen people tweeting about it and stuff today, so I did know that tomorrow was baseball, the opening baseball season, but I didn't realize that the Mets were playing. That's a whole other side mm-hmm. story. But, I'm, I mean, I'm slightly optimistic this year. I think the Mets will be better than last year. I don't think they're going to lose, you know, win 60-something games. I think they'll probably win close to – be close to 500. I think the Mets will be definitely – obviously, definitely, maybe they won't be in the cellar. I think it will be a good solid third-place team. Um, I think with the additions of Bruce, uh, with uh, Edgardo Alfonso coming back, with yeah. uh, Todd Hundley, Todd Hundley behind the plate – and uh, Kevin McReynolds on left field. I think the Mets are going to do some major damage. I think the fact that they brought Bill Pakoda out of retirement to play short is amazing. I think the fact that Chico Walker is going to be manning. So, no, I think the fact that the Mets is be serious for a moment. Where's Lance Storm when you need him? I think that the fact that they brought in Frazier, they the brought back Bruce, they have some major power there. These guys are basically best friends. Uh, Frazier is a you know, New Jersey, New York guy. He did really well with the Yankees. I think he's going to translate over. He's, he's a really good glove, which is a difference for the Mets. The fact that they have a professional, legit third baseman is awesome. Uh, I'm not sold on Ahmed Rosario. I think that Adrian Gonzalez and you know him basically being guaranteed a spot over Dominic Smith. And I know Dominic had a terrible winter and everything just went wrong for him. So that guy may be another typical Mets bust. But I think that those couple of signings that they have there, um, the fact that they got Swarzak, I think that's going to be the key. I think he's going to be the, the the World Series MVP. You know, I think he's going to be just amazing, throw a couple of no-hitters. The fact that they got Jason Vargas and he's starting the season on the DL is typical Mets. Um, I think over the course of the year, though, with Vargas, with Hardy looking to be a little bit healthier, with Syndergaard coming back to form, and I still hate him, uh, with Jacob DeGrom cutting his hair, I think the Mets have a lot of solid pieces in place when Conforto finally comes back. I I do think the Mets have a pretty good nucleus, and I think they're actually going to be a pretty good team this year. I think they'll be interesting to watch, and I think uh, I'm guaranteed that it's not going to be a total debacle like last year was there. So So I I am a bit optimistic about the Mets. 
so optimistic that you would say... Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? I, well, you know what the other thing to to be optimistic about, honestly, as a fan, is the fact that Terry Collins was gone. So, he's, you know, that buffoon is out of here. And Mickey Callaway is an excellent pitching coach, and the Mets are a pitching-focused team. I think that is a reason to be optimistic because I think Mickey is going to know what to do with this team. He's going to know how to handle things. And I think that um, he's going to be a big, you know, contributing factor. So, honestly, I think the Mets will be a pretty good team this year. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series. I'm not even saying playoffs. I just think they're going to be in it, and I think they will be playing meaningful games after the All-Star break. I think soon we'll be singing, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. Is it, is it a coincidence that you didn't like Terry Collins because he wasn't a born-again Christian, yet Mickey Calloway is? Um, that's not a coincidence because uh, I had no clue that Mickey was a born again Christian. Yes, now I'm learning that for the first time. No, I didn't like Terry Collins because he was terrible and he was an absolute buffoon. And the fact that he was a Mets manager, he has the longest tenure as a Mets manager to me is an absolute disgrace. They should have fired him the day before he passed David Johnson's record. And the fact that this guy will probably go down all time as the longest tenure Mets manager is an absolute sham and a disgrace and it makes us all sick. What do I, I Give me your take on the team. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think and that's, that's all the time think. we have, folks. Thank you so much. For... <laughs> I, I don't think that they can have as many injuries as they did last year. It's impossible to have that many injuries. And I yeah, think pretty that, much. I think that Matt Harvey really is. It's his last year no matter what because, if again, if he has a great year, he's not going to want to sign here. Uh, he's going to want the big bucks, and the Mets are not going to pay big bucks for somebody that, you right. know, basically is damaged good. So I think this is house money this year. Here. No, yeah, he doesn't. Definitely. So I think it's house. I think it's house money. If if he has a good year, if he doesn't have a good year, then we knew that he was damaged goods from the get go, and he's done this year. So it's it's one and done, no matter what with him. I think the rest of the pitching staff could have a good year, uh, with especially Noah and uh, Degrom at the uh, the top of the rotation. And again, the bullpen can't get much worse than it did last year either. Their offense has improved. I'm not a big fan anymore. I, I'm going to sound like a total hypocrite, but I don't think. Uh, Cespedes could carry this team. I think he's so injury prone that I say you're lucky if he plays a hundred games this year. What do you think? Oh, over and under hundred yeah, games. I, I think he'll play about one twenty or so. I think wow. the fact that um, I think the fact that Frazier will be there and Bruce will be there for the whole year. And so I think that's going to help him carry the load. I think it's going to take pressure off him. I think once Conforto comes back and he's hitting, I think that the Mets have a good. Like, they have a pretty good, solid offense. They have some good offensive players. They're going to hit a lot of home runs. But I think they're actually going to score more runs this year. So I think that, again, that'll be better. I don't think Cespedes will be carrying the team by himself. So I think that'll absolutely positively help him, sir. So since the season starts tomorrow, uh, let's make our World Series predictions now because then we can look back uh, in about nine months or eight months and decide that who is uh, closer. So who are you picking for the World Series this year? Um... You got to honestly, Yankees, right? I, uh, honestly, I don't know. I, I'd rather I'd rather uh, hold that off until like the day before the World Series actually is official <laughs> to make my predictions. Come on, go on record. It's March twenty eighth. Um, I'm gonna pick the Anaheim uh, Angels and uh, yeah. the uh, Texas Rangers in the World Series. Book it, folks. Book it, and I will pick. Uh, the fact, well, the fact go that with... I picked two American League teams is amazing, and you didn't even call me out on that. Uh, you know, well, considering that you don't know how to do a bracket for basketball, I'm not surprised that you picked two American League teams to be in the World Series. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a joke, obviously. Um, I think Kansas is going to win it all this year in the World Series. Uh, <laughs> give me your actual take, sir, because I really don't have one. I'm going to pick, you know, post – Posthumously or posthumously? I'll say that word. Posthumously, you fool. Posthumously, I'm going to pick the Cleveland Indians for my dad, and I'm going to pick against the. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Chicago Cubs. So you're going to have a Chicago yeah, versus Cleveland World Series. You're really going out on a limb there. Well, nobody's high on Chicago. Uh, nobody's high on Cleveland this year. I just think Cleveland will get there this year because their bullpen is really good. I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees get there. I'm just a hater. I'm never going to pick the Yankees to go to the World Series, let alone win it. So I'm going to pick Cleveland against the Cubs, and I think Cleveland actually wins the World Series this year. Um, n- no chance in hell of that happening, sir. So are you calling me a stupid idiot? 
Um, I'm not calling you. I'm just merely stating a fact, which is that's what you are. All right. So uh, that's our two main topics for the show, and uh, we like to close out the show with some PG nuggets. And I know you don't have any, so do you want me to just do my two nuggets and call it a day? Happy Easter, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Passover. Well, before we go to that, sir. Before we go to that. Yeah. This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you need to tune into Pure Gold every week, the best talk radio out there. So make sure you listen to me and other guests at puregoldpg.com. Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez with Texas USA 2011, and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They are simply pure gold. Now, sir, you can go on with your two so-called nuggets. Okay, pure gold nuggets as we close off the show. It's no coincidence, folks, that this weekend is Easter, and there's a team in the Final Four this year for basketball led by a higher power known as Sister Jean Schmidt. And I think that they will pull off the upset this weekend and actually beat the Michigan Wolverines and go on to the championship game Monday night to take on the Villanova Wildcats. So book it right here. You're going to have the ultimate underdog versus the ultimate favorite at the championship game Monday night, April 2nd in San Antonio. You will have the Loyola of Chicago taking on the Villanova Wildcats. That's my first nugget. And then my, my second nugget real fast is that the Jets, I think, made a great move um, a couple weeks ago trading to get the number three pick. I think they will actually draft a franchise quarterback, and the Jets will be on their way to making the playoffs again. And who knows? Tom Brady won't be around forever. You never know. I think the Jets will actually make a Super Bowl within the next five years. Well, to comment on that real quickly, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady sold his soul to Satan, so he may be around for a very long time. And second of all, since you mentioned there your quote-unquote nuggets, let me throw a little turd nugget out there for you, a PG nugget, if you will. Since you mentioned the Jets, I'm going to flip that on the Giants. There's a lot of talk about Odell Beckham Jr. the third being traded. There's lock it up. Lock it up. No chance in hell you've got. No chance. I need to get that sound bite. There's no chance the Giants trade Odell Beckham Jr. I also will go on record right now and tell you, guarantee, lock it up, throw away the key, Giants will draft. They will draft Charles Barkley, I mean Saquon Barkley with the number two pick. Lock it up, throw away the key. There is no chance the Giants are going to trade Odell Beckham Jr. They would be fools to trade Odell Beckham Jr. because even if they wanted two first-round picks, what's it going to matter if you're getting two first-round picks from the Patriots and you're talking you know, the 30th and the 31st pick in two consecutive drafts? Those are not difference makers. To me, you got to stick with Odell. you got to give him some sort of contract. you got to figure something out, work something out. Am I tired of his antics? Yes. Do I think the Giants need to lay the smack down on him? Yes. Do I think the Giants are better without him? Absolutely not. Take it away, sir. Great nuggets, sir. And I think that this, uh, this format is better this way, sir. I'd like to have little breaks in between. Have two you mean the fact that we went 45 straight minutes on one topic? Yeah, that was great. Well, I mean, without a producer to yell in our ear to take a break or sponsors or take it, you know, we have no way calling in to give us their take on what we're talking about. So until we have some callers, until we have some guests, I think this way is a little bit better than just rambling on for, like, Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? Mike, how are you? How's Mike enjoying his retirement? I think he's about to make his announcement in a couple of days about what he's going to be doing. Any predictions there? Um, I think he is going to come back and take over the drive time slot at WFAN for, for CMB. Um, I saw you had sent me an article, but I didn't get a chance to read it. That would have been a great nugget to discuss. I don't know if you saw it, read it, went through it, but that whole thing with Mike and Chris talking about the, the people who replaced him at the fan. Any thoughts on that? Well, the funny thing is that uh, he was on the show today or yesterday uh, on, on Francesca's, on Russo's show, High Heat, talk about the baseball season that's starting tomorrow because you didn't know um and they they actually russo made a comment not francesa first russo made the comment about how they'd be uh you know who's actually working at the fan these days and they started making fun of people on they basically said like who's gonna retire next and once these people retire then the, sh- the station's really done for and then i guess russo had to go back and apologize for the stupid comments he was making on live air saying like you know Wait, once Benigo really? leaves yeah once Beningo leaves or once you know Boomer decides that he's retiring. Uh, the station's really going to go downhill. What's going to happen when Steve Summers retires? 
you know, nobody's going to remember who's going to be at that station. That station's done unless we go save it or something like that to that extent. Wait, did he really retire? No. What happens when they do retire? I mean, no, I'm sorry. Did he really have to take? Uh, did he really have to apologize? Yeah, he went back and apologized for you know basically ripping the fan on air on live air. What's awesome is that uh, according to what I'm reading here on the post at the end of this article, it says WFN will get a better feel for his replacements being Mike. Their popularity at the end of March when the first three-month book is released. February's <laughs> numbers don't bode well for their progress. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, what an absolute – it's funny. I haven't heard anybody – I have not heard one single person on social media or anywhere say that they thought that this uh, pairing was good, that they thought that this CNB is doing a good job. So we'll have to kind of see where that goes. But, sir, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, but I think we need to la 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 lock it up. Yeah, seriously, have a happy Easter. Have a happy Passover to everyone listening out there. I think our ratings are better than CMB's. We should have been the ones that filled in after Mike retired because, let's face it, we are the best. So we are pure gold. So What's going to be a show? Uh, pure yeah. gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, Nikki. I just had to shut you off. I, just, I, <laughs> I had to do it there. Sir, have a great night, everyone. Enjoy. Easter, enjoy Good Friday, enjoy Holy Thursday, enjoy uh, you know Saintly Saturday, whatever. Saturday doesn't Saturday have a name too in the in the Catholic calendar? Probably Holy Saturday. Yeah, probably Holy Saturday. Who knows? Holy moly, sir! Have a wonderful evening, and uh, we will talk again soon. I'm sure. Let's go, Mets. Yeah, uh, let's go. Uh, oh, by the way, the Mets are playing tomorrow, folks. In case you didn't know. Woo, PG, log it out.